Welcome back to Defeat the Darkness. This is Vivian L. Miller, and I'm here with C.J. Jones. We're going to have part two of Deception versus Discernment. We're going to do that today. How are you doing, Cheryl? I am doing wonderful. How are you? I am in the victory. I'm walking in the victory. Amen. And if people who know me well, you know, those of you who may be listening for the first time, you don't know that I use my words. I'm very purposeful. And people who know me well can pinpoint a lot of times what may be going on in the background that I'm not talking about simply by the way that I use my words. Mm-hmm. So last, last week we talked about self-deception, which is something that people are really good at because uh, the enemy has programmed all of us using all the hot buttons that each one of us personally has to um, make sure that we are in line. His, his whole agenda is staying in control. He wants control. Right. And he will do whatever he can do to manipulate circumstances, manipulate people, feed your thoughts, um, get you to use your words against yourself, Whatever he can do, because he is bound by the laws of the spirit. But you and I have had this discussion. I don't remember whether we've done this on the podcast or not before, but you and I have had this discussion about when you read a scripture, it is spiritual truth. But a lot of times it can be inverted. A scripture can say something, but if you read it backwards, not Uh backwards literally, but if you read it, and going the opposite direction, it applies the same way. And because Satan is wicked, and the word wicked comes from wicker, which is twisted furniture. Wicker is made by twisting the um, the reeds that they make it with. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. He twists the word. He manipulates the word. He manipulates people's thoughts. He manipulates circumstances so that he can control because this whole thing is just control. Right. And God forbid he run across somebody who he can't, that he can't control. Right. <laughs> and I, I purpose to be one of those people that he can't control. And sometimes um, the rubber can meet the road where you really have to dig in to not be controlled. That's true. Amen. <laughs> I know you know what I'm talking about. Yes, very much. You you almost have to bite your tongue to keep from saying the words that will give him access. Yes. So, and the battle, you know, we've heard, I know anybody who's been in the Christian realm for any length of time, they've heard, you know, the battles in the mind, the battles in the mind. Well, it is in the mind, but we have to understand how it's in the mind, I think, to really have a better handle on how to keep him out. Mm-hmm. Because too often we hear that, but we, we've heard it so much. We're just like, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Yes, Cheryl, the battle's in the mind. I know that. And we move on. And, you know, again, I'll bring up my books because this is where my books come in. The Lord had me write these books in as novels, as fiction. But... They're really terrible. 
because they're showing you how the enemy forces for all of my books deal with the spiritual realm and the natural realm and how those two interface and interact with one another and how they affect one another depending on what the person does in response or in, I guess response is a good word, in response to whatever the enemy forces are doing. Right. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 10. And I'm going to back up to verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshy, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not fleshy, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. All of us have strongholds that have been built in our minds. We talked about that in the last broadcast. Last podcast, we talked about how someone could be, can have at the age of four or five, have their, their parents say something to them that goes down in their spirit and they don't even know it's there, but it's mm-hmm. affecting them as an adult. Yeah. Verse five, casting down imagination. This is how you pull down strong health. Verse five, casting down imagination. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of, of Christ, says King James. But that word Christ means the anointed one and or his anointing. So let's break that, that uh, verse five down a little bit. Okay. We're casting down imagination. That exalts that, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. For instance, around the world right now, we're dealing with shortage and we're dealing with inflation. Mm-hmm. Now, your mind can say, I can't afford that. But that is an imagination that has to be cast down because the Word of God says, but my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Right. So when last week we were talking about how the word of God has to be the plumb line. If you're going to not only survive, but be victorious in this time that we're living in, you have to know that what the plumb line says, because everything that you face throughout the day is going to try to exalt itself against the plumb line. And your mind would say, or your senses would say, yeah, but when I go to the store, I can't find what I want. And when I do find what I want, someone was telling me today, they, we were texting, and a friend of mine said, I've never paid $1.50 for two uh, bulbs of garlic. Well, I never have either. <laughs> Because we're in this time. Uh-huh. And your mind would say, oh my God, I can't, you know, I can't do that. But the word says, my God will supply all my needs. Correct. And, you know, we talked about the different, some of the names of Jehovah last week. And one of them is Jehovah Jireh. He's my mm-hmm. provider. And right now with what I'm dealing with, he is my Jehovah Nisi is my banner. So we have to remember, okay, what what is that thing that's, that when it's trying to exalt itself, how does that look? 
what the enemy will do is he'll he'll he has his evil minions and they'll start whispering in your head and they know better than to say cheryl this is this is a demon of hell and i want you to take this thought and say because they know you're smart enough in the word to know not to do that right right so instead of saying cheryl this is the the demon of black and i'm coming to i want you to speak these words i don't have enough you know whatever whatever the word is right right so instead she says wow that's too expensive wow did you see the price of gas oh my god it took it took me it was you know 75 dollars to fill my tank he wants you to say that because the minute you say it what happens you believe that it's you can't afford it, right? And then you start taking on it, his but, thoughts, right? And when you say it, it brings life to that. Yes, it then licenses those spirits to make sure that you can't manage to take fill your tank. Mm-hmm. That's not to say it's not real; it's very real. But they're very real too. Just because you can't see them doesn't mean they don't exist, right? And they always make it in the first person. They always speak in the first person because they want it to be you to take your own thoughts. Because it's not your own thought. It's them feeding you the thoughts mm-hmm. they want you to say. Yes. They are man- ma- masters at manipulation. And they're masters at um, deception. And if you can just see people and manipulate them, you've got them. Yeah. Right. I don't. I can't think of exactly how these pets go, but I remember reading somewhere, seeing somewhere, they they've done things with the animals where the animals think that there's a barrier and they only go so far and they stop. There was some kind. Of, I don't remember what kind of animal it was, but they had a, a aquarium type thing with a glass in the middle, mm-hmm. And because the glass was in the middle, after a while, the animals got trained that there was a glass in the middle and they couldn't reach the other side. Then they removed the glass. And those animals still didn't go to the other side. Mm. They acted like it was still there. Yeah. Well, that's an example of what the enemy does. does. He trains us so that we only go so far and no farther. He doesn't want us to see the truth and stand up against him and win. Right, exactly. And then I'll, I'll go back to, I'll read verse five again because I'm going to take pick up the second half of it. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of the anointed one and his anointing. We have to bring those thoughts captive. Yes. And the only way to bring them captive is to speak. Amen. Will you do something for me? Sure. I want you in your head to start start um, counting from 1 to 10 very slowly. And then when I tell you the next thing to do, just follow what I tell you. Okay. Start counting Now say your name. Cheryl. What happened? 
It stopped. Exactly. <laughs> I quit counting. You quit counting. Yes, I All did. of us will. Because we are, we are, our mind will work as long as our tongue isn't in motion. Right. The only, the only, you know, um, exception to that is someone praying in the spirit. Mm, yes, yes. Because when we're praying in the spirit, our, our, our mind is unfruitful. That's the only exception I know of. I've never been able to complete that counting just ten when somebody tells me to do it like and say my name. I've never completed it all the way to ten, ever. Hmm. And it's so the way you yeah, it's and it's it's the way we're made. We're made our our words are our containers. Creative containers. They're meant, they're Jesus. Well, welcome back, Cheryl. This Thank is a you. perfect example of what the enemy tries to do. But we yes. see that it's in us and he is in the world. So right. We're just going to continue with what we were talking about. So All right. um, we were in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. Mm -hmm. And I was just about to talk about taking every uh, thought captive. The way you bring a thought captive is to use the word that the enemy is trying to negate with your thoughts. For instance, the enemy is trying to get you to accept lack and he's trying to get you to speak words of lack. Well, then you want to use a, a scripture that is contrary to that, which would be like I had said a few minutes ago, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I cast those imaginations down. No, because I'm a covenant woman and he is Jehovah Jireh. All my needs are met. Amen. Because really and truly, since all your needs are met and since his needs, your needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If gas was to get to $20 a gallon, it wouldn't matter as long as you had enough to pay for a full tank of gas. Correct. Correct. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, somebody like, um, you know, Bill Gates, it wouldn't matter if it was 20 bucks a gallon. Right. Right. So, and we have somebody better than a man who is rich behind us. We have a God who owns it all. Right. So the thing of it is, and then in the next verse it says, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience was fulfilled. For a long time, I didn't understand that scripture. And I think there's more in it than I understand at this point. However, I will say that having, it says in verse six, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. When you have those dis disobedient thoughts, if you are in, in a readiness to revenge, then you are going to immediately jump on those thoughts that are not aligned with the word of God. Mm -hmm. Right. In other words, you're not going to let it, let them float around in there and fly around in your head for two days before you say something. Because I can almost guarantee if you do that, and I've done it so I know, you're going to end up speaking those thoughts. Right. Instead of the word of God. Yeah. Because what he's trying to do is feed that in so long 
but you finally give in and say it. Remember I gave you that example last week about somebody at work said something that the enemy had been trying to feed in my mind for several weeks. Yes. And I refused to say it. Yes. And then I had to say to them, I don't, I can't agree with that, with what you just said. Right. Because when two agree is touching any one thing on earth, it will be done. That's what it says in Matthew 18, 19. Right. Yes. Well, we use it in prayer, you know, when two agree is touching. Now, sometimes I'll, I'll text you or call you and say, would you agree with me on blah, blah, blah. Right. Yes. But the enemy uses it backwards. Remember, we were talking about wicker and things being backwards. Uh-huh. He uses it backwards. He's trying to get you to agree with the negative. With what he wants to come to pass. Okay. And if we do that, we're working the same spiritual law that he is bound by. We're working it in his to his advantage. Right. That's really sneaky. <laughs> it is. I mean, think about it. He knows we have all the power, the power that he wanted. He wanted to exalt, he wanted to build his throne on the on the side of the north and exalt his throne above the most high. And instead, he got thrown out of heaven. And God created Adam and Eve, or Adam and the woman. She became Eve after the fall. And all of mankind got what he wanted. Okay, that's true. How frustrating is that? Very. Is it any wonder that he hates us? Absolutely not. Because every time he looks at one of us, he sees what he what he wanted. Right. And the more adept we are at walking things out and gaining and gaining victory by faith, the more he despises us because we're standing in his way. Right. Someone who never puts their faith to work, never uses the word of God, they're no threat to him. Yes. But the good news is the more adept you become, the more angels are on assignment to help you. And, and as you practice, the easier it gets. That's true. And that's where understanding how he operates helps. Right. I had to remind myself today that what it, something appears like is not what it is. That is that, you're correct. And I, I had to remind myself, it helped to remember what the Lord had me say last time we talked about the fact that um, if we, you know, what it seems like is not what it is. That's not the truth. And you have to be like that person watching the magician saw someone in half, knowing that you're not going to see the person actually saw it in half. And all the, you know, the carnage that goes along with that. You're going to see the person come out of the box just fine. Right. And that's what this whole walk by faith is. is Learning how to navigate in spite of the lies and the deception and the manipulation that's going on from the spirit realm to ignore that 
and stay steadfast and determined to win using the word of God. Right. Because we can't lose. God's made it so we can't lose. And, and, she I think, and I think we've talked about this before, but I take communion every day, not because not because I need to remind God what, what he has with me, but I need to remind myself. And this morning I said, Lord, I have a covenant with you. And no matter how many mistakes I make, I cannot break that covenant because that covenant was made in the blood of Jesus with the Father. Right. That's and good. I'm leaning on that covenant. Yes. And I'm expecting that covenant to bring me through in victory in every area. Amen. And the thing of it is, is he can be, the enemy can be so insidious because you can have something happen, you know, with people you know, or your family members. He always uses people that you're close to or people you respect. Yes. And they'll do something or they'll say something and you'll get angry. And what he wants is he wants you to, to lash out. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you the amount of temptation and pressure it has to go to lash out. Right. <laughs> and I have to keep reminding myself, no, I walk in love. I've already forgiven. I refuse to take, hold on against anyone for any reason. And I will move forward in faith, expecting my father to deliver me because of the covenant that I made with him. Right. And every single person has that those moments. Yes, we do. And I remember, you know, as I was writing a couple of my books, when the when the enemy forces saw the saw the, the, the human beings begin to wake up and rise up and stand in what they their authority and in their covenant, they I remember one the one image the Lord gave me was they weren't afraid of this of the character, the main character, because she didn't even know she had a sword, no less how to pick it up. But then as the story progresses and she begins to learn how to navigate the spirit realm successfully, one day she actually does pick up that sword. And they see her wielded with authority and they run. <laughs> because all of a sudden she's no longer that person that can't even doesn't even know she has the sword no less be able to lift it up. Yeah, yeah. And we're at a time where we're gonna have to. We're not gonna have a choice anymore. We're gonna have to walk by faith and use the 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 weapons of our warfare if we're going to have any measure of success. Yeah, well I think we're already there. I think we are too. Definitely. And you and I know that, but there's, yes. I know there's people, a lot of people out there who don't know. True. That's true. And I had a, a quick little instant message with somebody at work today. And I said, so what happened with the meeting? You know, did you gain anything? And the person said, no. It's, you know, they're still going ahead with what they 
do? And I said to her, well, I've already, I've already petition, made my petition to, in the throne room. And her response was, I'm not worthy to do that. Hmm. Because apparently the church that she goes to has never taught her who she is. Yeah. And because I was at work and because I don't have this person's personal phone number or whatever, I didn't go any further. I didn't say respond. It isn't because I'm so great that I'm worthy. It isn't because you're so great that you're worthy. It's because Jesus paid the price. Right. And he said, we're worthy. Yes. He made that decision to get to sacrifice himself because we, he felt that we were worthy. Yeah. So who am I to turn around and say, no, Lord, I'm not worthy. <laughs> I mean, he already said I was. Am I going to argue with that? <laughs> well, we, we try sometimes, but... Yeah, but that's not, you know, then then we're not exalting ourselves against the knowledge of God. We're not, we're not, you know, bringing captive every thought to the obedience of the anointing. Exactly. We're, we're in agreement with the, with the things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Yeah. It's, it's almost like walking on a, on a very fine, like a, the edge of something, a, a tight rope. Mm-hmm. And you, you're the deciding witness. I'm the deciding witness because all of heaven is on one side of me, and all of hell is on the other. Right. And they're all waiting to see what I say. Yeah. Just like they are with you. Just like they are with that, with that person. Mm-hmm. But we definitely don't have time to mess around with this. This has to, we have to go forward. In yeah. What, what the Lord has, we have to. Right. It's right. like, it, it's like that, that conversation we were having not long ago. Within the last couple of days about, you know, it's time to put our boots on mm-hmm. and enter the battle. Mm-hmm. It's time, you know, and so many, we were talking about complacency and, you know, people not understanding or not being able to discern the times, you know, and I think that's what, I think that's what a lot of it is, is they, yeah. they, they, they've been complacent for so long. They haven't been able to discern the time that we're in. Right. And a lot of people, because of the church that they've been for some of them for decades, they feel like all they have to do is just wait for God to do something. That's not what the, that's not how the word reads. Right. Faith without works is dead. And we're not all called to be in the forefront, or we're not all called to be, you know, in politics or a celebrity or whatever, but we are called to do what we are called to do in our own circle. And that's our um, task to find out what that is mm. for each of us. Right. So I'm gonna. I think we'll we'll stop for now, and we'll pick it up next time.
Um, we may not have a podcast for a couple of weeks. It just depends on how things go over the, over the next couple of weeks. But we'll pick it up at some point in the future. And for those of you that are listening, I encourage you to go to Amazon.com. You can go to VivianLMiller.com and find links to buy my book either in print or ebook on Amazon. One of my books is on Barnes & Noble. But I encourage you to at least if nothing else, read a free sample and get a feel for what, what the books are about because they are meant for your delivery. They're meant for your, your walking in victory and walking in freedom. So until next time, be blessed, be courageous, be victorious, and defeat the dark.